Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs a Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with one David Wood. And uh, we're, we're going to talk a little Cavs offseason. I know it's been a few weeks since we've podcasted, and we've kind of had a sporadic posting schedule throughout the offseason. But uh, the Cavs have had a sporadic um, you know, activity level in the offseason and, and haven't really done much of note. And... Uh, so I asked the question when we were sitting there talking uh, before the podcast, uh, you know, what have the Cavs done right and what have the Cavs done wrong? And, and David, I thought your answer was pretty telling. Well, I pretty much just thought they haven't done anything at all. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's aggravating because this team didn't win last season. And I mean, to be honest, the Warriors kind of got better, so they should be doing some yeah. stuff. Well, and not just the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors got better. The uh, the Rockets got the Rockets got significantly better. It seems um, the Celtics got better. Yeah, uh, I'm not too worried about the well, Celtics. Well, a lot of you aren't worried, but with the malaise around the team right now, uh, you know, maybe maybe we should be. Um, you know, the Celtics got better. The um. The Heat are going to be better. I mean, they were a hot team at the end of last year. Um, and the Spurs, I don't know, who did the, did the Spurs get anybody? Oh, they got uh, Rudy Gay. Yeah, that's that's it, though. They lost Simmons. Yeah. And um, the center, who's good, he went to Atlanta. Oh, Dwayne, Dwayne Dedman. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that is that big of a deal, but. Yeah, but he still played some. Yeah, I I feel like that team is too tied to Ginobili and Parker, and they're just paying them too much money for how old they are. But I I feel like you're going to get one more of those guys, and then they're going to really try and put a different team in place around Kawhi Leonard. So, and, and next year there are a lot of free agents available. So, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean. Uh, we had a discussion, uh, you and I, <laughs> uh, today Steve Kyler of uh, Basketball Insiders had a quote that I, or a tweet 
idea, a little thread going on that I thought was moronic about, well, if the Cavs don't feel like they can get a straight answer about LeBron staying, and if he's not committed, then they should look at trading him, and I just thought that was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. Um, so, lay out your reasoning, because I feel well, like a, it's, not, it's not that bad. He has idea. no trade clause. So, why would he... Why would he even waive it? You know, first of all, so you sit LeBron down and you say, okay, well, okay, first reason, they're going to be a finals team next year. If you have a chance to go to the finals, you don't break up your team. I don't care if you're 10 to 1 odds against whoever is in the finals against you, you don't break up your team. It's just the whole point of the game is to win the finals. And if you have a shot to get there, and if you have a shot to win it, even if it's a 10% chance to win it, that's better than every other team in the league. So you don't blow a shot at the finals. And that's reason number one. Reason number two, Dan Gilbert's never going to be the guy that goes down of he traded LeBron. It's just... Idiotic. Number three, so you sit LeBron down and you ask him, okay, what are you doing, David? Oh, I was writing something. Oh, okay. You're my pick up everything. <laughs> um, so you sit LeBron down and you ask him, do you want to be here next year and, you know, are committed to this team? And if his answer is no, then you say, well, would you be amenable to a trade? Well, LeBron's not going to give you a straight answer. You're going to say, I'm going to make that decision when I'm a free agent next year. I'm not going to make that decision before then. And so if that's the boat you're in, you can't trade him. And then second of all, he has a no trade clause and can pretty much kill any trade that you want to put out there. And then why? And at that, at that point, you've already ticked him off. He's not going to, you know, it's, it's, he's not even a position where he probably would stay at that point. Well, then why would, teams give you anything for a guy that's going to be a free agent next offseason. So I, I mean, I'm sorry, so lay out your case because I don't oh, see yeah. any way that it's remotely plausible. Well, I'll address the first point. Teams will always give something for a guy even if he's in the last season of his contract. Like Paul George. You mean Indiana the last season? point? What? You mean yeah, the last, last point? Okay. Yeah, like the last season. So like Paul George got traded this deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh He's really the only big name, but I mean, the teams still aren't all amazingly smart yet. There, there's some team that would do I, it and be I, like, "Oh, we'll we'll win LeBron over." I guess I I just shocked that you're even entertaining it. <laughs> well, okay, and then the no trade thing by LeBron. I think first off, LeBron, like over the next year or so, is going to be painted as a villain. Like, as the talk like gets louder about him like not wanting to commit because people are going to be like, come on, like you said you were in Cleveland for good. Like just commit and like say something like not even as like a gesture to Dan Gilbert, but more a gesture to fans. And I think he'll kind of, he's not going to do it because he's, he's stubborn. Well, it's like, not even it, a stubbornness issue is by not making commitment. He gets, he keeps his name in the headlines, which is where he wants it. Helps him sell more of everything that he sells. Well, I guess I don't, I don't, I don't think about it that way. I guess I attribute better motives to LeBron. I, I just think it's like a personal thing. 
for him, but that is true that he does get all the headlines for that. But and then I'll just move on to the third point and address that real quick. So the finals, like if we go to the finals this year and the Warriors just completely blow us out again and we don't even have this like idea we can lean on like, hey, we almost won game three. And if we would have won that, the series would have been different. Like, why not trade LeBron and just try to have well, a team like at least set the team up I, to be I successful for a couple of years? Stan. So the whole thing is, is, so you're saying that LeBron goes to the finals this year? Yeah. Well, he's a free agent after that, so you can't trade him. Yeah, but I thought he can opt in. No, he's a free agent at the end of the season. Well, then either way, we could still, if I don't know. <laughs> I, I totally misunderstood the contract, but I still think we should just trade him. If, so when we, if we lose to the Warriors no by like sense. six... If we lose to the Warriors by, like, 60 points on Christmas or something, then think about it. Like, why has it got to be Kevin Love or Kyrie Irving that gets traded? This makes no sense to me. Why would you ever entertain trading LeBron? I, I just don't get it at all. I, I don't know. I feel like this is – I don't have that crazy of a view. So I've talked to other people that are like, might as well just try it. But – but you're going to be – I they're going to be in the finals regardless. I, I just don't get it. I, I, I think it's insanity to have that discussion. I guess at this point I don't think there's a chance we win the finals with what moves they've made on the roster. Well, like, that's a that's a different discussion. I, yeah, I, but I feel like it's tied together. You you feel like it it's this roster is impossible to win with. Yeah, especially like – they, LeBron has not really shown a commitment to play differently. He's going to be on the ball and like playing the point forward position. And if he's not willing to kind of change how he's playing, the Cavs don't stand so a chance. So how should he change how he's playing? He needs to be in the post against the Warriors. That's the only chance they have. Well, but I, I don't understand. See, to me, the way LeBron's playing is not the issue. The, that's... LeBron was otherworldly in the finals. I don't think you could ask him to play any better than he did. The problem with the Cavs is when he is not on the floor, he's they're terrible. And it doesn't matter if Kevin Love's in. It doesn't matter if Kyrie Irving's in. They haven't figured out a way to put out effective lineups that can at least play teams to a draw when LeBron's on the floor. Now, part of that is their backup small forward right now is Richard Jefferson, or last year it was Derek Williams, and then they stopped playing him. The other part of that is Kyrie Irving, they're putting him on the floor with guys that are not good uh, at the other guard spot in Iman Shumpert and Derek Williams. Iman Shumpert's terrible offensively, and, sorry, Deron Williams was bad defensively and then you just and the, you just and Shumpert wasn't great defensively either so you just can't win with those guys that you're putting out there I don't think LeBron is the issue of how he's playing at all it's everybody I, else on the team I mean, I, guy I, averaged I, a triple double with insane shooting stats in the finals I don't know what more you want from him David no, I'm not trying to crap on LeBron. Like, it was an amazing performance. The only reason I say to get him down in the post is that, like, every time you watch him get into the post against the Warriors, like, four Warriors were crashing down on him. 
if he starts doing that, he's not handling the ball as much. So we're like conserving LeBron. He's not as tired towards the end of games. Yeah, but like, they're getting banged on in the post. Yeah, but not if they're passing to him like right away. LeBron's not some guy where he like gets in the post and takes forever. Like usually one or two dribbles and he finds a pass or makes his move. But then I just think that opens up like the guys that are playing with him just to have even more wide open shots, which hopefully they make. Well, I, I, I still don't think it it kind of belies my point of no. Your point's totally valid too. Yeah, and that's the biggest problem to me of this Cavs off season is they haven't addressed that issue, and that's the number one issue is you need to find a way to get twelve minutes a night out of other guys. Uh, that can at least play teams to a draw, and they haven't done that. Uh, they need a backup small forward. They need a, another ball handler that can also play defense. And the guys they have gotten, I mean, you could take Jose Calderon on his own. I Truthfully, the farther away I get from this signing, the more awful it is. Because, no. yeah, so give me give me a straight shot on that. Jose Calderon's like was burnt out like four years ago. Yeah, he's thirty-five. It's great that he can make like a really good decision, but who brings the ball up for Jose? Like any guy can pressure him the whole court. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. But I mean, all the stuff where you're saying about being the guy that can dribble and defend and make plays—that that's definitely sounding like Jeff Green right there <laughs> over his past couple stops. You know. Okay. Well, so Jose Calderon last season. 41% field goal shooting. Um, and this is between the Lakers and the, um, the Hawks. Uh, 41% field goal shooting, uh, 31% from three. He is a very, very good shoot free throw shooter at 92%. And then in 13 minutes, he's averaging two assists and one turnover. So, you know, he can run an offense, but he can't play any defense and I, I just don't see the point of him. I, do, I don't see where he moves the needle at all. Then you combine him with possibly my least favorite player in the NBA, uh, Jeff Green, who I said basically his problem is consistently giving a crap. <laughs> I mean, he I've never seen a guy a lazier player on a night-to-night basis than Jeff Green. I mean, and the Cavs need energy off the bench, and neither of these guys are going to give him energy off the bench. So I'm I'm very disappointed with those two guys. Um, I, what's your take on Jeff Green? And uh, same thing. He's just he's like a poor version of Rudy Gay, like fifty percent <laughs> of the time. Yeah, not even not even all the time. I I don't know. I feel like people became enamored with him uh, when he was on the Thunder because he kind of was well, yeah, fun. I guess but he was. He's been around so long. He was on the Sonics. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's just one of those guys. Yeah. He always kind of he shows just enough to sucker someone into getting him. Yeah, well, and he was horrible last year. Thirty nine percent from the field, twenty eight percent from three. Um, and then I'm gonna look up what his what his RPM was, but yeah, he just did not have a good season last year. Now he was playing in Orlando, which. Apparently, no one gives a crap when they're in Orlando, but, yeah. He, I didn't realize he was 30. Yeah, well, he's literally been in the league since the Sonics were around. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
I guess LeBron's good friends with him, so he's good for chemistry or something. I, I guess. I mean, I feel like LeBron has really bad judgment when it comes to his friends. Yeah. He does. I mean, from all reports, LeBron wanted um, uh, Jamal Crawford, who couldn't guard me. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but he's one of the league's worst defenders. Um, and I'm not sure what Jeff Green gets you that Derek Williams wasn't getting you last year. So at least Derek Williams shot 40% from three. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, Derek, Derek Williams was solid. I still don't understand why I didn't get time in the finals. I, I like, yeah, it, it blows my mind. He's like athletic. He plays like, he's not the best on offense, but he's not going to make like abysmally like poor decisions. <laughs> So Jeff Green's RPM last year, negative three point three four. Uh, once, Whoa. yeah, that's not good. That is. Uh, What's the average for forward? Well, that's four hundred and fourteenth in the league, out of four hundred and forty. <laughs> oh wow! So he is in the lowest, the the tenth percentile. Uh, that's not good. I mean. Just to give you an example, Briante Weber, who was a G League, D League call up, was one spot above him. Um, wow. DeAndre Bembry was two spots behind him. Uh, Jalen Brown was a rookie, was right behind him. So he was not good last year. Um, so that's a terrible signing. And, and to me, the issue is not. That, okay, if these guys were the only guys left, okay, then you say, okay, but they got called to run at the beginning of free agency. I mean, yeah. there are still guys come, out there that they could get on the minimum now that are better than called their own. Um, they should have just signed them at the end of the, like, the trade deadline or whatever, like after buyouts, if they really wanted him. Well, they signed Derek Williams and Deron Williams instead, and I'm, I'm a little baffled why he's not back, as opposed to, you know, he can't be worse than Jose Calderon. So I, I, I don't understand. But the, the prevailing theory is that, uh, or one of the theories I heard, well, Calderon once played for the Pistons, which is why Dan <laughs> wants him. That so, was like for half a season, probably. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, there are definitely... <laughs> there are definitely uh, better guys available. I mean, the one guy, Tyler Ennis, is a young guy that played for the Lakers last year and put up some pretty solid numbers uh, in, in some games uh, for the Lakers. Let's let's pull up Tyler Ennis. Didn't the Cavs own his rights at one point? I, I think he was like a draft day trade or something. Something like that. Yeah, here we go. Sorry. I wasn't Johnny on the spot with the stats. But, uh, yeah, so last season, 39% from three, 45% from the field, 86% uh, from the line, 7.7 points and 2.4 assists in 18 minutes a night. Like, why wouldn't you take that? You know what I mean? Like, over, and he's 22. Like, why wouldn't you take that over Jose Calderon? I mean, that's all upside right there. 
You could probably get him for the mid level too, like a couple well, of years or Well, yeah, I mean, but he well, no, right now nobody has any money. He's gonna have to take the veteran minimum from someone. Uh, the minimum. True. You know, no one has any money left. Uh other guys that are out there. So other names I've heard, uh Donatus Mateunis, also in the tenth percentile for RPM last year. Um, I don't think his back is right or will ever be right yeah, again. Something's, we- something's he, really weird with him. Yeah, something's wrong with him. Um, who is another guy that the Cavs could have got? So instead of Jeff Green and the fact that, um, what's his name? Kay Felder's on the roster. They could have had a guy, an uber-athletic guy like KJ McDaniels or... You know, is Aaron Aflalo around still? Yeah, but he's horrible. <laughs> he is. He's awful. He was terrible last year. I didn't really watch enough of him. Yeah, I just remember I him from, I think, Denver. Yeah, he's the problem is is he's fallen off the cliff. But then you look like, I mean, I'd rather have Rodney Stuckey than uh, Jose Calderon. You know, at least that's a guy that can still kind of get his own shot, even though I'd rather have Jason Terry than Jose Calderon. Uh, I guess Jason Terry hits threes pretty good. Like he had, get it a, off the... he had a good season last year. I, I'd rather have Bino Udrich. I mean, they picked of all the old guys, they picked one of the guys with the worst seasons last year. I mean, he's just coming off a terrible season. I mean, why wouldn't you just bring Deron Williams back over that or Darren Williams? Yeah, I. I mean, why wouldn't you just take a flyer on some young guy like how yeah. you were saying, like a KJ, like. Anyone that can bring, like, an X factor to the team. Yeah. Well, and... Yeah, I, or Brandon Paul, who, you know, Did, impressed in Summer League, and then he got signed by the Spurs. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I, and, you know, Jeff Green... I, I don't hate Jeff Green for the minimum, but I'm not sure he's any good. I mean, he's not he's not the answer to anything. Right. I Gerald like Henderson, I, Gerald Henderson would be a better player than Jeff Green. At least he has some athleticism left. Uh, yeah, I like Henderson. He has those hip problems, though. Oh, does he? Okay, I will. Yeah, I think that's why he hasn't really gotten signed. Oh, okay. Oh, the one the guy I wanted was well. And here, let's talk about the other thing. You know, I love the idea of Chetty Osman, but if you're Gonna be a finals team, and the only way you can add a player is your mid-level exception. Why are you spending your mid-level exception on Chetty Osman? You know, why not spend it on a guy like Tyreek Evans, who plays three positions and can handle the ball for you? Which Chetty Osman is is maybe gets three minutes in the finals this year. I mean, unless he's just some kind of wonderkind which most people don't think that's going to be the case. It just, yeah. the guys that, or or Ian Clark, I mean, Ian Clark would be better than some of the guys they're signing. I, I just don't understand what they were doing at all. I, I don't think they really had a plan. No, and I think that's the issue. They haven't had a plan. And, yeah. and I mean, if I'm LeBron, I'm, I'm irritated with him. You know, you heard the report today that LeBron... Irritated with the Cavs' lack of a plan to improve enough to play against the Warriors. We, we haven't seen that yet. I mean, we haven't seen any kind of plan on how to do that. 
clearly Jeff Green and Jose Calderon don't move the needle. And then, you know, and then you've got my pet peeve of why they're even wasting a roster spot. They won't sign minimum guys because they don't want to up their salary, but they're wasting a roster spot on Kay Felder, who will never, ever, ever, ever be good in the NBA. <laughs> like, it's, it's maddening. I mean, I guess at this point with the Cavs, I don't really think uh, there were any guys on the market that they could have gotten that would have moved the needles much against the Warriors, so they might as well have just tried to get... I, I mean, maybe like a, like Zach Randolph or someone like that, but those are such, like, well, long shots. No, see, might I think there's guys out there, but you've got to have a scouting department. You've got to do homework on guys, and they just seem... I don't know. When it comes to how they're building this team at times, they seem lazy in the way. I mean, it just seems like the most convenient name is the guy that gets signed. I mean, I just don't even <laughs> understand what they're doing. I mean, there's no thinking outside the box, like going to sign an Ekpe Udo from Europe or... Um, Sergio Rodriguez, he just well, went back Sir, to EuroLeague. Yeah, but he... Got a lot of money to go back to EuroLeague. Um, I yeah, Sergio Rodriguez is is probably better than Jose Calderon. Even Bino Udrich and uh, like I said, Jason Terry were better than Jose Calderon last year. Bino's a good defender too. Well, serviceable. Well, he's serviceable. Yeah, I mean, he's he's as old as Calderon, but he has had decent seasons in the last few years. I mean, I, I just don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, in the words of Tony Kornheiser, it bottles the mind. <laughs> I mean, maybe the Cavs analytics department or like, and Tyron Lu saw something in the finals where they're like, yeah, we, there's like <laughs> some. Jose <laughs> That's just like, they saw something yeah. that they're going to fix so well that it'll allow them to use Jose Calderon. Yeah. No, I, I, it just, Makes well, you the one that, the one that hurt to me more than anything. So, Lukamba Amute, uh, would have been absolutely ideal for them. A guy that shot 39% from three last year, uh, can guard three positions and can, he's a guy that you can actually put on Kevin Durant. And he went to the Rockets for the minimum. Like, as much as I want to see Chetty Osman play in a Cavs uniform, spending the mid-level on that guy would have made ten times more of an impact. Because that's what I'm talking about. You need that guy to come in and play with LeBron. on. You need to figure out bench lineups with LeBron on the bench for 12 minutes a night. And it's not just against the Warriors. You've got to start preserving. If you expect LeBron to be around for the long haul, you've got to start preserving his body. I mean, you saw it in Game 3. You saw it in Game 2. LeBron just ran out of gas. And he just did not... They did not have enough to get over the hump in Game 3 because they were all exhausted. And the Warriors managed their bench better than the Cavs. So the the Cavs have got to think outside the box on how to bring some guys in and and do something. Tabo Cephalosha signed a deal 
with the Jazz. I mean, he would have been another three and D guy. That we could we could have matched that deal too. I think, right? Well, they could have signed the same deal that Jazz did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just I I just don't even get Jeff Green is no three and no D. <laughs> I, I there's you can't point to one thing he does well. He's he's the new Alonzo G. No, I would rather have Alonzo <laughs> G than Jeff Green. Oh, that's I, very harsh. Oh, I at least Alonzo G plays hard. That's true. You know, let's look up Alonzo G's numbers for last year. I'm I mean, sure I he played on the Nuggets. Let's see. Yeah, I'm sure that he shot better from three. Then he yeah, did he definitely. He did. He shot thirty two percent from three, which is better than Jeff Green. And Wait, 40, last year, yeah. Oh no, no. Last oh no, year. that's his career. That's his career. He shot zero percent last year. Last year he hardly played, but for his career, yeah, he's thirty two percent. So sorry, yeah, you're right. Last year he hardly played. So he did not make a three last year. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> Jeff Green's a little a little better. A little better, okay. What Maybe about Luke ba- Babbitt? Is he on the Luke team? Ba- Luke Babbitt is not a good player. The problem with Luke Babbitt is he's a total stiff on D. Even though he somehow weirdly got this high RPM last season, um, he's just he's as big of a stiff as you will ever see in the NBA. <laughs> he's like got no lateral movement and no coordination. He's he's the six foot nine Steve Novak. <laughs> is Josh McRoberts on the team? Um, yeah, he got traded to Dallas. Uh, he is a Maverick. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so I mean, the Mavericks love their their veterans, but and then, so yeah, I feel like I didn't want this pod to turn into a a complaint session. Let's let's put it that way. Um, so let's talk about what the Cavs have done right. Um, I guess the one thing you can say the Cavs have done right is they didn't trade Kevin Love for a one-year rental. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, you know. They didn't trade Kyrie. No, and they haven't done some crazy, you know, pie-in-the-sky trade deal. And I don't know if you read the rumors. There have been a few different rumors. One of them was that the deal was for the deal for Paul George was actually for Kyrie was going to be involved in it. Oh no! And the Cavs would have gotten Paul George and um oh who's the guy from the Suns? Drew Bledsoe or Eric Bledsoe? Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, uh, I would have gotten- done that probably. Yeah, that's tough. The problem is Eric Bledsoe is always hurt and he is another clutch client. So, you know, you know, he's getting a max when he comes up for a free agent contract <laughs> if LeBron's on the team. But yeah, I mean, that was the rumor. And then that the Cavs, then Indiana pulled out at the last minute. My personal opinion on the Indiana deal was that the owner killed the deal and didn't want Paul George in his own conference. He just said, get him out of the conference. That's pretty petty, but I can see that happening. Well, because I just can't see Sam Presti passing up better deals just to get him out of the conference. That just isn't Sam Presti's style, so I think he's fallen on his sword for the owner there. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and we, we've kind of gone over what the Cavs have done wrong. You know, not draft anyone, not uh, make any improvements to get them close to beating the Warriors. Um, the other thing we want to talk about is anyone from Summer League going to help this team? Um, I I liked what I saw from Sir Dominic Pointer. I mean, I didn't get to watch a ton of it, but he brought a lot of energy, uh, especially on the defensive end. And was a solid finisher that the Cavs could certainly use more young athleticism. You know, I wanted them to get KJ McDaniels, but you know, maybe this is a guy they can get. But they are in an absolutely just, they seem paralyzed right now, not wanting to add salary. Like that guy to me seems like he would be the perfect candidate for a two way contract for one of these new two way contracts. And just, he's not getting it. I don't know. I, Sorry, go ahead. I I didn't really watch Summer League, but I guess the thing with the Cavs not wanting to add salary, aren't they paying like for every million they spend now? It costs them eight million. I don't know if it's quite that much, but it's it's close. Yeah, yeah. So Dan Gilbert's kind of cheaping out. Well, I mean, it's hard to say that when literally, I think the estimate is that they're going to pay two hundred and ten million dollars in salary this year. Well, what's another 40 more, I guess? <laughs> yeah, well, and then the funny <laughs> thing is, so if they trade for, um, so the, the trade ideas that I've floated were basically, if they are really looking to land Mello, they'd still have to add an additional like 8 million in salary, which is insane. Uh, because that, that's if, that's if you try, trade Fry and Shump and Jefferson, and uh Kay Felder. Um I think they had to add like four or five million in salary in that case. How much and does Mello make? Twenty five, I believe. Twenty twenty six. Or twenty six. Yeah. yeah. And I know one of the things that we talked about doing on this pod was uh fun with the trade machine, so I mean yeah, I I I've thrown around a bunch of Mello got- trades, but most of them end up any combination of those four guys from Mellow, and then that's still a big pay increase. Mellow, let's see. Dang, trade fails. <laughs> I'm trying Mellow for Shumpert, Fry, and I'll have to add someone. Yeah, you got to add Richard Jefferson, and you've got to add K Felder. What about JR, a reunion tour? <laughs> so the other one that. I threw out there was Tristan Thompson because he's the only way kind of to make the salary work. But the trade machine works if you include like every minimum level contract the Cavs have. J.R. Shumpert and Fry works for Mello. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they want Shumpert and J.R. back. <laughs> That's just That's the- true. <laughs> Since they already gave up one or two first rounders to get rid of him. So what about including – I was listening to something about the Bulls today. The Bulls apparently have a $15 million trade exception. So what about somehow working them? They're going to definitely be involved in some trade. I could see them taking out money well, just to move guys and maybe so, get a draft pick. Or So let me add the Bulls here. The problem is is the Bulls only have 550000 under the cap, uh, which means they are not – that then they'd wow. still be about ten million if so they'd only be about five million under the luxury tax if if they added about fifteen million so 
you know, that's not a, a no brainer for them to do because then they're kind of hamstringing themselves. Now, the other side of that is, well, if they're taking on 15 million in salary, maybe they can send Dwayne Wade somewhere. That's true. You know, or buy him out. Yeah. Well, to me, like, that's the funny thing about the Bulls is I feel like if the Bulls had been smart, they could have easily kind of been on this, okay, let's set ourselves up as a natural destination for Carmelo Anthony, and they could have easily moved that Dwayne Wade salary, and then the Knicks could have bought Dwayne Wade out, um, or just had him on the team this year. I mean, that seemed like to me was a no-brainer that but instead they decided they were going to blow the team up so I, I I don't get it yeah the Bulls make no sense no they make none I mean yeah I can't even figure out a trade that works for it <laughs> Having the, I was trying if you send Schumper since he has a two year contract maybe the Bulls try to make him into like a, a good player and you have Fry, he's just one year and then he's gone. But even doing that and then sending Tristan Thompson to the mix doesn't work. No. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think the Bulls are really going to be a player. So, you so had, did you have some other trade ideas that you had for the Cavs? So one of the things I feel like the Cavs, like if they're really concerned about their salary and they've got guys – one of the things they should really consider doing, they want to add players but don't want to add salary, is stretch paying. Either find somebody to take Shump or just buy him out. Because he's so horrible that it would be cheaper to pay him not to play. Yeah, but, and, but well, we just couldn't do anything with the money. We, we buy him out, we're still capped out, I think. Well, they're still capped out, but they're not paying nearly as much in luxury tax. Oh, I guess yeah. I understand yeah, I that. mean they're they're paying. So say it's so say they buy him out. The way the buyouts work is you can stretch that salary over double the number of years left on his contract plus one. So if Shumpert has two years and twenty million left on his contract. You can stretch that over five years, which ends up being a little over four million a year. Well, now you don't have to pay luxury tax on that six million extra. Yeah, that's a good point. So you know there there is that option there. Um, so, well, sorry, go ahead. I I I came up with a trade. Okay. So, uh, so with the magic, we're trading for Evan Fournier <laughs> and just J.R. Smith and Richard J.R. Smith and Richard Jefferson because they have Terrence Ross now and they have Aaron Gordon who they're like consistent as playing small forward. Well, they're the team of all small forwards now. Yeah, so you unload Fournier and you get an old small forward to teach your young small forwards and J.R. Smith to become a new leader. Who are you trading for Fournier? J.R. Smith and Richard Jefferson. Eh, I, why would Orlando want to do that trade? They lose a – well, <laughs> Fournier, like, is overpaid now. He makes more than Kyrie does, I think. He mm-hmm. makes a million less than Kyrie. 
like super overpaid and he's got four years left, whereas JR's only got three years and Richard Jefferson only has, I think, a year now. Yeah, but Fournier's young too. He is, but it seems like he's reached his peak with them because there's all the hype around him like two years ago and then this year he wasn't as good. The, or what about for Terrence Ross? I I like Terrence Ross, but I I don't if you <laughs> the problem is uh Orlando knows how good Terrence Ross is. And Terrence Ross, a uh, really solid defensive player, three and D guy who can finish. I mean, he could fit on a lot of teams. I don't I actually think he got a little undervalued on the Raptors. Uh but Terrence Ross if I'm Orlando, I'm not moving him for, you know, an old guy. Why do you want more old guys? You know, just that team's that team's just too young. I think. Yeah, but you really want to, you know, do you really want Jr. to be your mentor to younger players? <laughs> he has not exactly <laughs> excelled in that role. But know. Richard Jefferson might. I think if Richard Jefferson got traded to. Orlando, he'd probably retire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, moving on then. <laughs> Sorry, this is, this segment is called Dave Proposes Trades and Nate Shoots Them Down, which is probably a lot like what is going on in the Cavs' front office is people propose trades and then everybody else in the league shoots them down. So Let's see what Brooklyn has. <laughs> they're, a, they're a team with some money and they don't mind taking on a bad contract. Wow, Brooklyn's got a lot of hot garbage. Yeah, so Brooklyn, <laughs> no, Brooklyn rented their cap space for, has been renting their cap space for bad contracts, to take bad contracts in exchange for draft picks. They did that with Mozgov, that's how they got um, D'Angelo Russell in one of the worst trades I've ever seen. Um, just because what all they gave up to get D'Angelo Russell... I felt like for eating $45 million, they should have got more than D'Angelo Russell. But uh, they also took on Damari Carroll. Um, you know, do you take a flyer on a Damari Carroll? Uh, uh, no. He's still better than Shumpert. Yeah, but he's injured a lot. Well, yeah, but he's still better than Shumpert. <laughs> I, liked, I like Trevor Booker. Yeah, but he's gonna get a he's gonna get a big, man, he, get a big, big payday. Man. Yeah, yeah. And what about Ron? Hmm? Ronde oh, Hollis Jefferson. They're pretty high yeah. on him. I actually like him a lot. Yeah, I don't think they trade um, him either. He's on his rookie contract still. So. Yeah, and I, I like Spencer Dinwiddie too, but he's um. Did the Cavs have him for a second, or the Spurs? They did have him for a second, I think, or the Spurs had him. Yeah, and the Cavs could have had him, but they decided not to keep him. No, the guy I like from the Nets is KJ McDaniel's. Who I don't know if there's something going on there where teams just don't like him, but you know he he shoots thirty percent from three, which isn't great, but he's a really good finisher and he's a super athletic defender. And you know maybe. You pair him with Corver and he learns to shoot a little bit. So, is but, he not even in the league anymore? Uh, he has not gotten a contract. So, yeah. it, that, I find that to be wild. He's like, a, who's that one guy, Royce White, I think, who was like afraid to travel on airplanes? No, that's not KJ. He's not like that. 
Well, no, the the like weirdness around him. It oh. seems like there's like always something weird going on with I, him. He signed the goofy contract. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we could trade for Joe Harris again. No, no, choking no Joe. <laughs> choking Joe. He can't come back. <laughs> yeah. Do, do they still have Sergei Tarasov? No, he went back to Europe. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, th- there's still guys out there. I, I'm surprised that, I mean, it seems like everybody in the West now thinks they can make the playoffs. The West is just good. The West like, is I, good. I, I think Utah is going to be even better this year. Oh, I think Utah is going to be awesome this year. Like, they are going to. I think like, actually Utah got better. Um, they're so deep. They're they just going to grind teams to dust. They lost scoring, but their defensive lineups are just going to be brutal. I mean, Ricky Rubio is a really good pressure guard, and then they added Tabo Cephalosha, and they added Ekpe Udo, and they added they kept Joe Ingles. Um, they've still got Rodney Hood. They've still got you know Joe Johnson. I think they're going to run, they're going to center that whole team, including their offense around Rudy Gobert. And that's going to be their whole identity is they're just, you're, they're going to try and beat you 91 to 86. They're, they're going to be fun to watch. That, I don't know fun to watch. They're going to be stifling <laughs> on defense. Um, they'll take some teams by surprise. Oh, like, absolutely maybe they will. They're going to be a good balance in the league, kind of. Yeah. What about um, on the Nuggets trading for Wilson Chandler? <laughs> you always want Wilson Chandler. He's I, not bad. I, I I would trade for Wilson Chandler. I mean, he's got three years left on his deal, but he is a legit small four. He's so inconsistent. He, I he can pl- he, he's tall. No, yeah, <laughs> he's six nine. He can play two positions. Six eight. Um, I actually wouldn't hate Wilson Chandler on the Cavs. I would do Wilson Chandler for uh, Shumpert in a heartbeat. But that, that's I don't think he's about a that. big new needle mover. I think uh, uh, Denver also wants to get rid of Kevin Fare- Kenneth Fareed. So that was one of the... When the Cavs were going to move Kevin Love um, to Denver to basically a three-way deal to get Paul George. Kenneth Fareed, the idea was that he was going to come back to Cleveland, which I thought was an interesting move. But I feel like the problem, Denver doesn't really have many small forwards, so they probably want to keep Wilson Chandler. I mean, everybody they have is either a, a shooting guard or a power forward, and they really only have one small forward. What about, so, would you sign Ursan Ilyasova if you could get him on the minimum? Mm-hmm. I love nah. that guy. That guy is I so mean, he underrated. Makes, he makes threes and stuff. He, he probably had really good RPM numbers at one point. Yeah, he's is not bad. Why, is that why you like him? He's got good RPM numbers. He puts up decent rebound numbers. And he can shoot. Like, what wouldn't when you? But he can a, only play when, one position. Wait, when has he ever been the answer to any team's need, though? <laughs> well, like, he's a bench he, player. Is he gonna? Is he gonna cover Draymond? Is anybody gonna cover Draymond? I mean, he's a bench player. I don't 
I, I see. Yeah. I see your point. I mean, like David West would feast on him. A variety know. of players. I don't know. So okay, so who else is out there that you want? That I don't the know. I, I, Ursan Ilyasova would have been a dang sight better than Jeff Green. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's see I about mean, Indiana. They might have players. Yeah, but Indiana's not going to trade in their division. They already passed that oh, opportunity sure. up. So would you take Rodney Stuckey or um no, oh, what's the who's the guy that started them for them forever? Uh George Hill? No, the other guy. Uh Mate Ellis. Would you take either of those guys? Oh god. No. <laughs> you no. hate Mate Maybe Ellis. Oh. I take Rod- I take Rodney Stuckey over Mate, over Mate Ellis. Ellis. Yeah. He-, he is just like the last embodiment of Kobe Ball. <laughs> he is yeah. He's a dying breed, and he's not even like like Jamal Crawford no, is terrible. fun to watch. Yeah, Monte Ellis isn't fun to well, watch. Well, and Jamal Crawford can actually shoot. Monte Ellis was awful last year. Yeah, like what did Monte Ellis average last year? Um, I think six points, maybe. No, he averaged eight points. Shot forty-four percent from the field and thirty-two percent from three. <laughs> In 27 minutes a night. Ooh, he played 27 minutes a night and only averaged 8.5 points? That's insane. That's horrible. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty bad. I mean, for a shoot-first guard, that's awful. (laughs) There's, like, honestly, no one. The Cavs just don't have anybody worth trading for. Trading for or like on on their team, like there's not really guys that are good value we can trade. Oh. Besides, like the big guys, besides Kevin Love and Kyrie yeah. Irving and LeBron, and if you believe the rumors, nobody wants Kevin Love, which I think is ridiculous. Oh, that's total. That's definitely bullshit. Kevin Love only makes like twenty two million a year. He's on a yeah. super bargain contract. Oh yeah, two more years after he, this, like he, he's the number top. two small forward in RPM in the league too. It's yeah, he's easily like, yeah. the best like contract. One of the, him and Kyrie are probably two like two of the top ten best contracts. Two are the better in contracts right in the league right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, uh, Ursan Ilyasova last year had a one point seven two RPM, so pretty good. That's res- yeah, that's pretty good for me. He's older too. He's not that old. He's not as old as you think. You just think he's he's thirty. So you know that he's still got a couple of years left. But he also shot 35% from three last year and grabbed six rebounds a game and scored 13 points a game. So he's he's not a slouch from either department. He was on Atlanta to finish the year? He was on Atlanta. He played for three teams last year. He played for Atlanta, Washington, and Atlanta, Philly, and Oklahoma City. Wow. Which is funny is he played for Oklahoma City – who desperately needs shooting, and they got rid of him, which is weird. Who did they get for him? I I don't remember. It was oh, they got Jeremiah Grant. Jeremy Grant, yeah, yeah. Which I like, but I don't know if he ever becomes anything. He's like a physical beast, but he I don't think he likes. He doesn't understand basketball yet. <laughs> well, like he he's running out of time. Yeah. I don't know. So who else is out there that the Cavs get? I, I. So the other option is trading Tristan Thompson. Do you think Tristan Thompson is on a 
contract that is unmovable? No, no, not at all. I mean, Tristan Thompson's a double-double guy, and he, his offense has gotten slowly better. It's not amazing. Yeah. But he could do a little bit more than he does now. I just don't know. Like, we'd have to find a – there's probably a goofy team in the league that values, like, offensive rebounding a lot. Yeah. I mean – Like, Sixers? Well, no. They have a gazillion big guys. Yeah. Well, the one thing about – I mean, I w- you can say what you want about Tristan Thompson, but he is an Iron Man. I mean, even though he had that injury last year, I mean, he had pretty much gutted through it and played a lot. Uh, beyond that, I mean, I don't know, but I don't know who would trade for Tristan Thompson. Like, you've got to put him next to a really good stretch big to play him. Uh, the nu- well, no, the Nuggets have Millsap now. Yeah. Well, you could send Tristan Thompson to the Nuggets. To be a third big? But they already have the same guy, just not as good in, uh, or at least not as good defensively in uh, Fareed. The, ma- the Manimal. Yeah, Fareed. Yeah. Who, so what we get for Reed back, and then have they given up on uh, Moutier yet? Yeah, I think they have gotten given up on Moutier. He's. I read a thing the other day that he was one of the worst defenders in the league last year, and one of the worst, not a very good offensive player either. He has definitely disappointed so far in his career. So let's see if that works. Moutier, <laughs> Fareed for Thompson. Why would you want... Why would you want that trade, though? I mean, Fareed because, is a better shooter, and that's about it. Well, we get Moody, hey? <laughs> yeah, he's but he's no on. good. I just told you he was no good. <laughs> hey, defense doesn't matter on the Cavs. They're not yeah. winning by stopping anybody. We both know that. Yeah. Just, he can <laughs> run an offense, I think. Like, he knows how to run a pick No, he's, he can't shoot. He's not good. Uh, I'll have to investigate this on my own. <laughs> no, Moutier was not good last year. He, he didn't even what shoot do you think? 38% from the field, 32% from three, um, two turnovers, 3.9 assists. He was That's just not good. No, but he is only 21. I will give you that. Yeah. And he's on a rookie contract. Yeah. For so we could keep him. Two more years. Yeah, but at least we can keep him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, with one of the deals with Denver that was Gary Harris and Kenneth Kenneth Fareed and Denver's lottery pick for Kevin Love, and I was like, "Ooh, that might not be." Uh, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's tempting. tempting. I like Gary. Gary, I like Gary Harris, Harris had a nice year. The problem is, is Gary Harris is a free agent after next year, so restricted though. It doesn't matter. He's still going to get a big deal. Well, yeah, but I mean, because he's so young and he shoots. The Cavs are still going to whoever else the Cavs could add. Yeah, it's going to be big money either way. They're going to pay the iron price. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I like. I think Gary Harris is a solid defender. Yeah, no, and he's he's a really good good, offensive player. Yeah, he's got good shooting. He's like a. I don't know. He he's able to use screens quite well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would have been all over that trade. Uh, but on the other side of that, I don't know if it gets you any closer to being the Warriors because now you've got two bigs who can't shoot. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, the only way I think you can trade for Mello is if somehow Tristan Thompson's at the centerpiece of your Mello trade. You know what I mean? 
I don't even know if I'd want to do that. I just really don't like Mellow. Well, yeah. I know you kind of have to do it if they do take Tristan for it, but... Yeah, well, supposedly the story today is Mellow only wants to go to Houston now. Oh, that's mean. Well, I... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, sh- I'm I, sure uh, Chris Paul's been in his ear. Yeah. Are you excited to watch the Rockets this season? No, I hate the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, but... No, actually, well, first of all, I cannot... Whiny. I cannot stand watching James Harden. He's my yeah. least favorite player, and the only guy worse when it comes to whining is Chris Paul. Now, that, being, that being said, I think... Especially if they get mellow. Even if they don't get mellow, I think that team can beat the Warriors. That team can just, like, the way Harden plays, how he gets to the line so much, and then with Chris Paul, how he's able to just slow it down and kind of run, like, pick and rolls and labor through just sets, I think right. they could just slow the Warriors down. Well, I also think they can give their backcourt fits defensively. I mean,. You're, James Harden's going to get whoever's guarding him into foul trouble. Um, and Chris Paul is still a great defensive guard. So, and he, he and Curry have always gone at each other. And there's been times he had Curry's number. And then last year, Curry just owned him. But, so I, I think they'll be entertaining to watch. But, and Chris Paul won't let them crap the bed at times. But, I mean, you say that, but then Chris Paul-led teams always end up crapping the bed, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> I I think he's one of the... He's like the Thibodeau of players. Like, he puts so much pressure on his teammates, and he just kind of becomes unsufferable that they don't want to play for him anymore. Yeah, he he's just always burnt out, too. So, so here's a question. Would you trade for DeAndre Jordan? The Cavs trade for him? Yeah. No, not really. Like if you I mean, what is Tristan and get him? No, Tristan's no. better than DeAndre. Oh, I don't know about that. Is that a, is that a total home review? I just think that home review. Tristan's Tristan's free throw shooting's better. Not much, but you can't foul him off the court usually. And he finishes decent. And I think Tristan's a better rebounder. No, no. 14 rebounds a game by DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, but he's got Blake Griffin playing next to him, too. That takes a lot of people. So, yeah, but Tristan's got Kevin Lund playing next to him. And, <laughs> almost, and he's a 10 times better shot blocker, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I don't know. I like Tristan too much. I, I, don't, I don't think DeAndre's that I much I think that's better. a total homer view. I, that is a total homer. Tristan's getting much better at blocking shots, too. I, I guess. <laughs> he doesn't also for the Cavs, he doesn't want any plays ran for him. He doesn't complain and he puts up with whatever. Yeah, well that's Whereas, kind of the way that uh DeAndre Jordan is too. Yeah, but DeAndre Jordan complained about touches at one point. Yeah. And like kinda got mad, it seemed like when Blake and Chris got to play with the ball more than him. I, I yeah, I guess. So the interesting thing as I sit here going through the West is I feel like every team in the West, except maybe the Lakers and maybe Phoenix, feels like they have a playoff shot. And they're just not going to be that many teams in the West. And so there's going to be teams selling 
at the trade deadline. So maybe the Cavs keeping their options open and not filling that last roster spot is is the right move. You know what I mean? I, I mean, yeah, it could be at this point. We I mean, could could not be the right move with what they added. I, I see fourteen teams in the West that could theoretically you have thirteen teams in the West could theoretically make the playoffs. Um, Do you think the Grizzlies are out? So let me so let's seed the West. We got Golden State number one, Houston number two. Uh you would think the Spurs three, right? Oklahoma three. Okay, well that's your top four probably, right? Yeah, yeah. Utah five. Um and then it's wide open after that. I mean, you got New Orleans, Dallas, Denver, Minnesota, Memphis, Portland. Portland. I mean, any one of those teams could make the playoffs. And then you got the Lakers, the Kings, and the Suns. Yeah, that's that's so deep. Yeah, I mean... A, a lot of crap teams, so... Like, not crappy, but, like, the Clippers. Mediocre. Yeah, well, the yeah. Clippers... I don't think the Clippers are going to make the playoffs next year. I don't. Yeah, I don't really fear the Clippers at all. Well... Minnesota... Minnesota's going to be sneaky. I mean, yeah, I think Minnesota could be good, but it seems if like Wiggins just, learns like, to play defense. They could be really good. Do you read the thing like that Wiggins was like one of the worst defenders in the league last year? No, I've I've heard that. I haven't yeah, really watched. No, I mean, and it's by a long shot too. I know, but he got blown by so much. Like I, I don't even get straight it. Off the dribble. I don't. I don't understand it. It's so weird because that was kind of his calling card coming in, but. I, I think yeah. it's just he's got Kyrie disease. I know Kyrie. If Kyrie would play defense, he'd be a top ten guy. Oh yeah, or at least consistency. I mean, he turns it up in the playoffs to at least an average player. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know what the Cavs are going to do. I don't. I don't. I mean, I'd like to see him sign a guy like Tyler Ennis. Uh, I wish they hadn't. I wish. Th- they had just done things differently. I feel like there's a lot of moves they could have made that they didn't make. And then there's just Jeff sorry, Green is just the worst. Anyway. They they didn't introduce enough variance. Like the roster needed more variance because like their best last year wasn't really enough. Okay, so what do you mean by variance? Like you need guys like Richard Jefferson, he's a fairly known commodity. He's not gonna right. go off for twenty five points. Okay. Him. Yeah, like that's just—it's not happening anymore. You need guys with higher standard deviations in terms of their output. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a Nick Young, like he—he yeah. he might go off one. So night. what about a like, Michael Beasley? I would take a flyer on Beasley for sure. So apparently they're I think interested. Beasley's better than Jeff Green, and he had a good season last year. He had a actually think, a really good season. Yeah, I think Beasley's pretty pretty solid. He's remade himself and like. Fought back from a lot of yeah, adversity, so I think he kind not, of appreciated playing a team that matters. He's still not what you would call a cerebral defender, but yeah, I mean, he had a really solid year last year. He averaged nine point four points, forty two percent on threes, and fifty three percent from the field. I mean, you would think he was pretty good. It's really good. I I think he'd be a no brainer to big bring in, and once again. Also better than Jeff Green. 
So let's play it. Who do you think is it better than Jeff Green? <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's a good that's a good game. Better or worse than <laughs> Jeff Green? Okay. Meta World Peace. Worse. So the funny thing is, Meta World <laughs> Peace was going nuts at the end of last season and almost helping them ruin their uh the, it helped. It was ruining their tanking last year. How 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 well he was playing at the end of the season. At times, he had an eight point ga- eighteen point game in the second last game of the year. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, that's Meta World Peace for you, though. Just yeah. screwing up everything. Yeah, no, I Meta World Peace <laughs> not as good as Jeff Green. So, um, Darren Collison. Darren Collison from Oklahoma City. Uh, no, he plays on. No, that's Nick Collison. Oh, Darren Collison. Well, Nick Collison. Yeah, no, Darren Nick, Collison. Nick Coll- Darren Collison got like a three million dollar deal. Yeah, I, Darren Collison uh, better than Jeff Green. What about Nick Collison? Not as good as Jeff Green. <laughs> I don't know. I'd almost rather have Nick Collison because he seems like a good locker room guy. What about Rashawn Holmes, that guy from the Sixers? Oh, Rashawn. Oh, I love that guy. He shoots some threes. He's pretty tall. Gets oh, blocks. He played for Bowling Green. I wanted the Cavs to draft him the year he came out. Um, oh, I didn't know he played for Bowling Green. Yeah, he played for Bowling Green. He's he's Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, no, he's really good. He's going to make a lot of money. Uh, yeah, he has good stats. He has really good stats. No, I wanted the Cavs to draft him. He was a second-round pick. He was either second rounder or went undrafted, but yeah, I really wanted the Cavs to end up with him, and they didn't get him. Yeah, he was. He was a thirty-seven pick. Though. Yeah, yeah. No, I I loved him coming out of the draft that year. No, definitely better what, than Jeff Green. <laughs> what about Tarek Black? Oh, so that was I. That was another guy I thought the Cavs could get. He's sneaky good. Well, he's sneaky. He's okay. I mean, he's got a 15 PER, 5.7 points, 5.1 rebounds, but yeah, he's not bad as a bench player. Uh, he doesn't do a ton for you, but he, he's certainly, you know, a solid center, but he's the part of the problem is he's a six foot nine center. So he doesn't have a lot of great lateral movement. He's six foot nine and 250 pounds. So he's a pretty big dude. Um, I, I'm not sure. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say better than Jeff Green. (laughs) (laughs) What about Ed Davis? Oh, Ed Davis, definitely better than Jeff Green. (laughs) Well, I mean, Ed Davis is a solid, solid bench big. What about Amir Johnson? So Tarek Black was, had a 1.96, uh, defensive RPM last year. Not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's defensive. So his offensive was negative 2.5, but yeah. There's, yeah, there's enough offense on the (laughs) Cavs. So what, what was your last one? Uh, Amir Johnson. Amir Johnson. That, so Amir Johnson had an insanely high RPM last year, which made a lot of people question RPM. But, um, Amir Johnson. Uh, he's he's playing he's for so, the Sixers. He's so done. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. So, he's so like got a fork in him. Still, 
I still he still shot forty one percent on threes last year. I didn't know that. He's better than I thought then. Yeah, I I, I better than Jeff Green. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, so did the Cavs essentially sign the bottom two free agents? Do you know they the, kind of they might have signed the worst free agents this offseason. Yeah, they they were terrible. I I I don't get it at all. <laughs> like you almost had to find two guys and say, "Yeah, these are <sighs> you, you almost had to try to be as bad as they were in free agency." I guess it's it's even worse too because like the badness they're taking on is established badness. <laughs> it's right. not even like it's, it's, it's not even like young guy badness or like injury badness. Yeah, it's not an unknown or yeah, guy getting hurt. It's these are players that have been terrible for at least the last season and weren't very good the seasons before that. Okay, here's here's one. Um so Ian Mahinmi Better or worse than Jeff Green? Oh, he's way better. But he's always hurt. Although True. Jeff Green would be better if he was hurt, because then he wouldn't play. <laughs> I guess. Okay. What about Kevin Serafin? Ah, I, I love Kevin Serafin. Do you really? He drives yeah, he's me got nuts. Such, he has like such an old man post game that somehow works. Yeah, but he's—I've seen him be so awful. Uh, I would rather have Jeff Green than seven Kevin Serafin. Whoa, come on. Yeah, Kevin I'm not Serafin a Kevin Serafin has, fan. He's had good numbers against the Cavs too. He has. He is a Cavs he is a Cavs killer. Oh, here's a good one. So Kyle Singler or Jeff Green. Neither. Didn't they <laughs> play didn't, didn't Singler play for Boston? No. Last year, he played for OKC. OKC. You're thinking Boston because he's white. Jeronis Jerebko. You're thinking Jerebko, yeah. Yeah. Jerebko. Now Kyle Singler kind of Jerebko's a jazz now, too. Yeah. I like that, though, for them. I guess. I don't think he's going to play a ton. Yeah, Kyle Singler's maybe not better. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Singler's really bad. Kyle Singler. What about Cal- Okay. Kelly Olenix. Uh, Kelly Olenek is a better player than Jeff Green. He's not a better person. He, but he's, he's the type of high-variance player the Cavs need. <laughs> Someone to just get hot and... I, oh, is I, he not signed? No, he... I don't know. Did he get signed? I don't think he, he got did. signed. I think he got signed. Let's see. Kelly Olenek got signed. Yeah. By who? Well, let me fire up the Google machine. I'm trying the Google too. Cali, he got signed by the Heat. Wow, man, he's the perfect evil dude for the Heat, <laughs> right? Oh, if he starts dressing like Pat Riley, that'll be great and greasing his hair. I think he should be the new Birdman. <laughs> Without tattoos, though. No, get the tattoos. Oh, that would be very funny on him. Yeah, he's an. He's my favorite WNBA player, so. <laughs> okay, so better or worse than Jose Calderon, Ray Felton. Tell me the fat one? <laughs> yeah. I think he's better. 
He can at least kind of maybe get stop some guys on the post because of his sheer size. <laughs> and he can run a decent pick and roll. So, so okay, here's a good one. Better or worse than Jose Calderon, Kay Felder? Ooh. You know what? Kay Felder's fun to watch. No, he's not. He misses so many shots. Yeah, but it, they're exciting shots. He jumps really high when he... <laughs> and like some layups he tries are cool. Like Calderon's not doing that. They're uh, probably about the same though. Effectiveness level. Actually, you know what? K Felder's worse than Calderon. Because okay. Calderon's not going to turn over the ball a bunch. Right. Right. So, oh my gosh. So Ray Felton might be worse than Calderon. Ray Felton was. Oh, I guess he wasn't that bad. He was forty three percent from the field and 32% from three. That's not horrible. Plus he, had a, he had actually had a decent postseason. Oh, he played on the Clippers. Yeah, now he's he got signed by the Thunder, but... Yeah, I mean, he's not amazing. Yeah, but probably better than Jose Calderon. Okay, um... Oh, here's a good one. Yogi Ferrell or Jose Calderon. Yogi Ferrell, for sure. More upside? <laughs> Yogi Ferrell's better than him right now. So, so here's a question. Would you sign Derrick Rose right now for league minimum if you were the Cavs? Yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, okay, there's a question. Jose Calderon, better or worse than Derrick Rose? Way worse. Derrick <laughs> Rose isn't that bad. So how did Derrick Rose do? No, you're right. I mean, Derrick Rose, 18 points, 4 assists. Three rebounds. He's only 28. He can't shoot still, but for a second unit guy, not he would be perfect. Uh, I don't know. I can't. I kind of can't. He's a total. He's a head case. Total head case. Oh, he's kind of an unsavory person. (laughs) But he'd be solid. He'd be a lot better than Calderon. Austin Rivers or Jose Calderon. Austin Rivers is a fine role player. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I massively overpaid, but yeah. I don't even think he's overpaid. New in appliances. He's making ten million a year, right? Yeah, I guess he's. He's got a twelve a game. Yeah, That's, he's got an extremely reasonable contract. Now, two years ago, it wasn't, but yeah. yeah. Did you okay. read? Do you read the cleaning the glass articles at all? No. Uh well, it's some guy like Ben Folk. He was in the league for a while, but he did a real interest, a really interesting thing about contracts in the NBA, and like he compared how, um, like how much wins cost on rookie scale contracts to how much wins cost compared to uh, like your for guys that are on their um, like max scale contracts. Okay. And he, like he figured out that the cost for those guys, like win share wise, for both of them, is the cheap. And the most expensive wins they get are the mid-level contracts, and that's where teams like are sinking themselves now. Right? Yeah. You either you need to have really expensive guys, a bunch of really cheap guys, and then rookies, guys on rookie scale. Yeah, essentially. He was saying the rookie scale contract and the max contract artificially deflate like the cost of wins because like LeBron is probably worth like eighty million a year rather than right. twenty two or whatever. Right. But, yeah, so I think Austin Rivers has a really good contract. And I think he'd be a great guy for the Cavs. He's better than Iman Shumpert. Well, that's true. But 
Doc would never trade his kid. I yeah. just he's one of those guys that every time I watch him he just looks horrible. Oh, so a guy I thought might not be a bad guy for the Cavs, Devin Harris. Better or worse than Jose Calderon. Who did he play for last? The Mavs? Dallas, yeah. He, he uh, I think Devin Devin Harris would be a fun guard. I think Ty Lue and Devin Harris would get along well. Yeah, and Devin Harris, not a great shooter, but he's a much better defensive player than Jose Calderon. He's well, pretty... Most people oh, are. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a great shooter. I was misreading that. Yeah. Okay. Um... Who do we got here? I would say Emmanuel Moudier, probably a worse player than Jose Calderon. Oh, here's a good one. Oh, I think Trey Burke. Oh, that's tough. He's probably yeah, worse. Trey, yeah, Trey Burke is worse. Okay, Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight's way better. Brandon Knight's an R.I. player. His contract's a little pricey now, but he got a bad rap. Well, he is one of the worst RPM players in the NBA. Um, he, that team probably distorts it a little. Right, but negative 5.3. Ooh. That's bad. Yeah, that's and they bad. cannot move his contract at all. And I've thought, like, well, maybe the Cavs, maybe in the right environment, like, the Cavs should take a flyer on him. Like, I okay, I would oh. move Shumpert for Brandon Knight. Would you? I don't know. It's so hard, though, because his, as his bad as... turnover ratio is terrible. Yeah, as bad as Shumpert is, he at least is playable at times against the Warriors. I don't know if you could play Brandon Knight at all. Oh, that's yeah, tough. He's not good. He's, he's probably on one of the worst <laughs> contracts in the NBA right now. Yeah, what happened to him? I thought he was decent. His first draft is Kyrie. Yeah. I wanted the Cavs to take uh, Derek Williams and Brandon Knight, so it shows you what I know. Yeah, he something happened to his career. Once he got traded to Phoenix, he became terrible. He was a 40, shot 40% from three for the, like, two years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him either. Like, you yeah. would think, like, at, yeah, I I almost thought the Cavs should take a flyer on him, and then I'm like, eh, that's a big risk. <laughs> it's hard to have an unbelievable. Yeah, he's still, uh, pretty pressing. Yeah, he's pretty bad. Ugh. So anyway, yeah, that was the fun. Uh, who's worse than Jose Calderon and Jeff Green game? Um. I would say most of the league is better than those two. It's sad. But, you know, there's still time for the Cavs to turn this around. You know, they can always cut those guys. That's um, true. I mean, the Cavs, you got to think about it, have... They've got an empty roster spot. Then they have Kay Felder, who I consider an empty roster spot. Then they have... Um, do they have any other guys that are just absolutely unplayable? I mean, I guess James we're gonna... Jones still on the team? No, he's not on the team. I guess we're going to see if uh, Walter Tavares can give him anything in training camp. 
I, I'd like to see some other guys get training camp invites. Um, Derek Williams needs to be back. I would much rather have had him than Jeff Green. I just don't get that at all. But, you know, maybe Jeff Green, I, I will, Derek Williams ran the floor hard. Jeff Green, I've never seen run hard. Maybe LeBron gets him in the, in the shape, kind of. Yeah. So, so I got a question for you. Uh, you know, not, this is getting a little long in the tooth, but so were you on board with the trade in Kevin Love for Paul George or Jimmy Butler? I wasn't on board for those trades. Okay. Um, the Gary Harris one interested me more because I think Paul George would have left and then same with Jimmy Butler. Like there's something, Jimmy Butler is just kind of weird to me. He, he seems like he has a little bit of an attitude problem. Well, I think he wants times. to be the alpha dog on whatever team he's on too. Yeah. Which that wouldn't have worked for the Cavs. No, no. And then the Paul George thing, like, I get that Paul George is good, but what do you do? You play LeBron at the five, Paul George at the four for like a while. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, how do you <clears> rebound? Where's where do you get your rebounding from? Yeah. You know. I mean, I think LeBron and Paul George could probably rebound a little more. Well, yeah, but you know, Benworth and I went round and round about this. Is like, you, he's like, well, you can always get rebounding, yeah, but you can't get rebounding that can shoot. And I know I've said this on the previous podcast, so, so I don't know. Any other crazy trades you think the Cavs can make? Or any crazy moves? I mean, I feel like if they really want to cut their salary, bring in some cheap minimum free agents and stretch pay some guys that you don't think are worth their contracts and at least, you know, get out from under these salary hits. But they don't, I don't think do that either. So Yeah, I mean, I think they could just cut their salary, but it'd be impossible for them to bring on anyone else at this point. Yeah, but that's why I think... a veteran minimum, minimum guy, right? Yeah, they can sign veteran minimum guys, but each one of those guys costs them like $8 million. Yeah. So... I don't see anyone. Yeah, they they are kind of in cap hell right now. But, you know, for LeBron to complain about that when holding out for more money for all his guys is it's a little bit hypocritical. But the yeah, other side of that is LeBron has every right to try and get as much money for him and his buddies as he can. So. That's and, true. And every time I see Dan Gilbert lately, he just kind of seems like a broken man. Have you noticed <laughs> that? Yeah, he just looks tired and worn down. Yeah, did you? Yeah, and did you see read that thing from Joe Varden about how he told all the reporters he was going to talk to him out of the game and then skipped out after the game in summer league and then skipped out. No, I didn't hear about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, so Joe Varden tweeted about that. It's like that. That's kind of a kind of a dick move. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just fed up with it. Yeah, I like LeBron's making him look like a dick. For yeah, and just, he's wrote, written the checks. I mean, I I just feel like it's a totally dysfunctional organization from LeBron to everybody else. And I, I in a way, I can kind of see where David Griffin didn't want to be around unless he was making a lot of money. I agree with that. I mean, David Griffin deserved to make a lot of money. Like, even if you don't think the moves he made like were the smartest or the best moves. Like he won a title 
which is kind of right. like the you got to pay him. It, right. That's just how it is. Well, yeah, but I don't know if ten million. Yeah, but at least have something lined up, or at least part of the problem is is they are not presenting the percept. They're not projecting competence right now. You know that they seem incompetent. They're not projecting an aura of you know that they know what's going on. They it's not just chaos. They know what they're doing. It just seems like kind of Keystone Cops right now, and I think the fact that they haven't had a press conference to introduce anybody, like if they want to take the tag off Kobe, Kobe Altman, is that how, is it, yeah. I think it's Kobe, or Kobe. Kobe, yeah. K-O-B-Y, right? Yeah, like not, the basketball player, not, like not Kobe, the Chiefs. Not like Kobe, but not Kobe the basketball player, because that's K-O-B-E, like Kobe Beef. <laughs> Anyway, um, they haven't introduced him. You know, you would think like, you know, get the team looking like they know what they're doing and then maybe you'll get some respect from around the league and you'll be able to, you know, get a little more business done. It just seems like the Keystone Cops right now. I think that's one of the big problems. And that was one of the places where David Griffin really shined was his PR. He really at times put lipstick on a pig. Yeah, I mean, that David Blatt firing, he was like a master of PR on that one. He slung, That was really smooth. <laughs> he slung so much BS, it was amazing. So are the Cavs more dysfunctional now or less dysfunctional than they were before when Brown came back? Um, like I, the year, I, I, remember the, the oh, yeah, the season year. of Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that year made no sense either. Yeah, like trading a first-round pick for Luol Deng was... I said at the time it was a good idea. In retrospect, it was not a good idea. Well, we were convinced... I was, I somehow convinced myself I thought they'd be the fifth seed that year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... That that wasn't smart. Maybe... I don't know. It, David Griffin clearly was, like, just a blip on the Cavs' radar because they, they've always kind of seemed to make these poor decisions with the front office and just kind of be a wreck staff wise. Yeah. At least like just having like, like Mike Brown, it felt like there was always kind of weird oh. stuff going on with Chris Brand <laughs> and those guys. The second Mike Brown hiring was the greatest day. I was like, Oh, that what? was mind blowing. It really was. Yeah. Like LeBron didn't really like him that much anyways, but he did not completely not like him. So let's try him again. Okay. And then, oh, we're going to try and get LeBron back, so we're going to fire Mike Brown. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was all of Wasn't the Mike Brown strategy. getting paid by two different, by the Lakers and the Cavs at the same time? Not yeah, the I think during the yeah. finals, the Cavs were paying him. Yeah. Oh, and I guess the story was he desperately wanted to beat the Cavs. Like, he was, he had a sour <laughs> taste in his mouth. So. Yeah, it's it's been an odd off season i will give it that so hopefully it kind of turns around here and uh the Cavs get some positivity going um and and hopefully you all can uh you know call david out for his trade lebron idea <laughs> let me give you his phone number no <laughs> so david anything you want to pitch anything uh on your mind of late uh. 
Not really. Any, I started music, reading the any, uh, Brian Windhorst book. Oh, okay. How is it? Uh, it's it reads like a Brian Windhorst column. It's not bad. It's not amazing. Okay. Just it's a quick read. I'm like halfway through. It probably took me like a couple hours. Like, yeah, I still got to read the Terry Pluto book on the on the Cavs championship. Yeah, I want to get that one, and then the Jason Lloyd one comes out too. I think. Oh, okay. I've so, got. I will. Uh, I'll send you the uh, the Pluto book. What is it just about the finals run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, uh, and then I'm trying to think of any music you've been listening to. Any new beer? Uh, not really a new beer. I've been really like rediscovering just kind of crappy domestic beer, like Miller Lite <laughs> and stuff, because it's it's so hot down in the uh, like North Carolina. It's been like 90 every day for the past like two weeks, and like 80 percent right. humidity. Right. So just like these light beers are actually refreshing. Um, yeah. And then I, I've been listening to a little bit of Stevie Wonder. Nice. Like trying to see what's up with him. And then uh, I've been having to, I have to drive real far for work right now. So I, I got just a serious subscription and been going through the Howard Stern interviews with people. Oh yeah. Those are pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I listen to a lot of XM on my TV actually, so I don't have the Stern, but uh, I listen to a lot of XMU and a lot of outlaw country. What does Outlaw Country have? Uh, so Outlaw Country is like Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard and um, Chris Christopherson. A lot of the 60s country guys kind of started the movement, but there's a lot of guys now that don't get played on Top 30 Country, like um, Shooter Jennings, who's Waylon Jennings' kid. Um, uh he uh Sturgill Simpson got a lot of play on Outlaw Country. Um oh, what's his name? Um Robert uh Steve Earl gets a lot of play on Outlaw Country and he has his own show on Outlaw Country. Uh Johnny Knoxville's got a show on or at least did for a long time, got a show on Outlaw Country. Uh they just play a lot of like traditional country and like kinda hard it's hard to describe. I, Americana, I guess, is a good way. Uh, alt country and Americana and not top 30 country. So singer songwriter stuff, Towns Van Zandt, right. that kind of stuff. I like it. it. It's a good. I'll still try it out. Yeah, it's good stuff. It, yeah, they don't play any top 30 country. So, which, which I'm not a fan of. So, and XMU is kind of the indie, uh, station. So, okay. yeah. So, and, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything, uh, I've been checking out lately. I was up in Alaska for a week, had amazing weather. Um, is it daylight there constantly or nighttime yeah, constantly? It, it right never now? gets it's daylight. It never gets uh, darker than twilight right now, even, oh, that's even crazy. in Anchorage. Yeah. I mean, the sun will go down at 11 and then it'll be back up again at, at 2 in the morning, but it's twilight, wow. you know. So, yeah, we had, we had beautiful, beautiful weather up there. So, you know, if you ever get the chance to go up, definitely go up. Been drinking uh, Denali Brewing Company. Their IPA was fantastic. And then there's another brewery up there called 49th State Brewing uh, with, with some good stuff, too. So, Are they available in the States? Or, uh... Uh, I doubt those two are. You can always get Alaskan Brewing Company. Uh, they've, they've got some good IPAs. I'm not a huge Alaskan Amber beer fan. I used to be, but then my palate changed. But... Alaskan amber on a very in a very cold glass on a very cold 
day is, or on a very hot day, is pretty refreshing. So, and you can get that all over the place. Cool. So. Anyway, that's uh, been Cavs the podcast. Our kind of our midsummer bitch session about the Cavs off season, but uh, we'll we'll get it figured out. And and we've got a wonderful season of basketball to look ahead. Uh, two, unless David's uh, plan for trading LeBron comes to fruition, but uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. So always good. Uh, <laughs> nobody's untradeable. Uh, but as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. And we're out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.